Welcome to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, the Australian film, television and radio school. Christopher Nelius was sitting on the couch watching the cricket when he had watching cricket, the idea. Drinking beer and looking at the ads that kept coming up, you know, in the telecast and noticing that these ads were using animals to sell their products. This was nothing new. We've all seen ads featuring animals. I think they were selling phone data and the entire 30-second commercial was like a family of cheetahs beautifully rendered in CGI. But Chris is a film director and those CGI cheetahs spark something. I know that if you want the white stripes as the music track, you have to pay handsomely for it. And if you want... I don't know why I'm saying this name, but if you wanted Brian Brown to help you advertise (laughs) your uh, alcohol or whatever, you'd have to pay him a lot of money, and rightly so. And that's when I I just felt like there was such a disconnect between how we use the images of animals in advertising, which is quite clearly, quite openly a commercial relationship. Like, there's no... You can't call it art strictly, it's but you can call it a commercial relationship. How we use those images of animals and how animals aren't getting anything back. I'm Fenella Kernerbone and this is Lumina, a podcast from the Australian Film, Television and Radio School. In this second season, you'll hear about the transformative potential of creativity in the future economy. But what about the potential for creative practitioners to have social impact? Creatives don't work alone. We don't make art in a vacuum. We have an incredible ability as problem solvers and enormous potential for social impact. In this episode, you'll hear from Erica Soto-Lamb about how the US company Comedy Central thinks about social impact as a driving force behind their programming. And you'll hear about people using problem-solving abilities and creative solutions to affect real change. People like Chris. I catch up with Chris in the Finch offices. So Finch is a, we're a production company, a film production company primarily, but we're far more multifaceted than that. And I think, you know, the primarily Finch works in the commercials industry. It's one of the top three production companies in Australia, New Zealand. The idea he had that day while watching the cricket is now an initiative called the Lion's Share. Essentially, we've created a fund called the Lion's Share, which is a way for brands to give something back. So each time a brand makes an ad that has an animal in it, it could be a polar bear in a Coke ad, it could be a koala in an RMA ad, they pay 0.5% of the ad spend, which goes into a fund. Our fund is administered and backed and, and run by the United Nations Development Program. And then that money goes into conservation globally. So those cheetahs on TV, they'd be paid by companies, just like the White Stripes would be for their music. A simple, creative idea with potentially huge impact. Globally, last year, the ad spend was $580 billion. So half a trillion dollars was spent on ads globally. 20% of those have animals in them. It's $120 billion dollars. We're asking for 0.5% of that. The whole idea is that it's not prohibitive. It doesn't, you know, it's not enough money per ad campaign for it to put anyone off. But once you start adding it together, that's when the power comes to the idea. 
With this in mind, Chris and the founder of Finch, Rob Galuzzo, applied their production know-how and creativity to the problems of biodiversity and habitat destruction. In darkened times, I think there's actually a lot of enlightenment going on out there and it just needs the right idea to to make it come true. For 150 years, the industry has been using the images of animals and not giving anything back. And rather than this being a, I guess, a, you know, a tut-tut kind of scenario where we're saying, well, this is what you should do and the laws should be changed, it's, that would never, ever happen. Rather, I think we're in a, an environment in 2018, 2019, 2020, where brands and the world and and, and everything, consumers, they want to start subtly making a difference. And it's working. The Lion's Share launched at the UN General Assembly in 2018. It's co-founded and fully supported by the UN Development Programme, who manage the fund and the conservation impact on the ground. We've raised a few million dollars so far. Our ambition is to get to $100 million a year. And we've already invested money into a few different things, including buying some land in Sumatra, getting an old palm oil plantation and turning it back into forest, some anti-poaching equipment to a unit in Mozambique, some elephant research, and we have a whole kind of of gamut of things that we're going to get money to as quickly as we can. For practitioners, applying creative solutions to environmental or social problems can hit that trifecta of professional fulfilment, economic value and positive social change. Most people want to do good. What they need is a creative answer to how. And along the way, like I've been continually blown away by um, people at different ad agencies and and lots of different places just ringing us up and going, I want to help. Because I think they see, maybe they see the ad industry as being a little devoid of some of this stuff and maybe it could have a bit more of an impact. And, and again, I think here's an idea that's just a solid, concrete way for things to happen. It's not just fluff. In the US, Comedy Central is making a real effort to answer that question of how creative companies can do good. You know, I work for a content creation company. I believe that what we should do is create content in in line with the change that we want to see in the world. Erica Soto-Lamb is head of social impact strategy there. And actually a couple of other networks, Paramount Network and TV Land. So it's my mission to develop campaigns to address the pressing social issues of our time by leveraging our, our brands, our shows and our talent to try to create positive change in the world. Erica was working in more traditional activism, politics, campaigning, the sort of work you expect when you hear the words social impact. My background is in politics and in issues. I was one of the founding staff at an organization called Every Town for Gun Safety, which is the largest gun violence prevention organization in the country. And we founded it in the wake of the Sandy Hook school shooting in 2012, when you know we really came to realize that after so many young children and teachers were murdered in their schoolhouse and no action was taken by our political leaders, that we needed to build a grassroots. We needed to reach more people and speak to them about this issue in new and different ways to build a base. 
It was a traditional approach to activism, but even at every town, Erica found herself growing very aware of the potential impact of creative storytelling. The organization did good work, but it was very policy and political heavy. And when we shifted into needing to build a movement, we recognized that we needed the graphic designers and content creators and people with relationships with talent to come into our fold. And we embraced them following these major events that caught the nation's attention. And through their work, I think, is how we've shifted the dialogue on guns in America. And there was something else she noticed. We know what causes mass shootings, and you do too. When political topics were covered in entertaining ways. It's the guns, stupid. You know, those weird metal thingies that have controlled every decision you've made your entire political career. People listened. Following a mass shooting in Australia, the country introduced gun control, and it worked. So how can America take this valuable lesson and ignore it. Ah, nothing inspires more confidence than a lawmaker who doesn't believe in the power of laws. Yeah. It's like your pastor saying, hey man, I would pray for your cancer, but I mean, who knows if this shit really works? (laughs) So I saw firsthand, having been somebody who worked in policy and politics, how culture and talent and shows can really help to engage and educate more people about a very serious social problem uh, and start to move the needle towards affecting change. Campaigning at every town drove home for Erica the power that people on TV and social media have to influence policy and affect change. She saw firsthand the impact creatives can have when they turn their talents to doing good. It's a major culture shift that I think has started in part because, you know, shows like The Daily Show uh, on Comedy Central and Sam B and comedians. And we did something at Every Town with Keeping Up with the Kardashians, a very popular show where Kim Kardashian was talking about background checks. Working in the creative industries, creating content to entertain or inform, it's pretty easy to forget how influential even a moment of television can be. And I think there have been so many examples in American popular television of shows that have uh, addressed important topics from, you know, Ellen DeGeneres coming out, uh, I think in the mid 90s, for the first time on her show to another show called Modern Family, where the first gay marriage was was put on air. You start to see how, you know, television and culture presenting new issues, whether race or gender or sexuality, then leads to the policy changes. You know, the, the power of popular media to affect and shift how people think about the most important issues of our time has long been tracked, you know, from racism to gender to sexuality that, you know, what people see and grow up around and with, you know, when they turn on the television or now, you know, log into YouTube or open TikTok, whatever the the popular media outlet is, listen to podcasts, it really leaves an impression and creates culture shifts. Taking a job with Comedy Central, it might seem like a strange move for somebody who's been campaigning professionally for gun control. But the new role gave Erica direct access to that influence, the power to use it in an intentional way. Obviously, Comedy Central and our shows and talent have been addressing the pressing social issues for a long time. But what I'm excited about is 
the opportunity to go beyond the punchline, to go beyond comedy as, you know, just a court jester role in a critiquing sense to being more constructive in how we lead our audience in ways that will help them be more educated and engaged uh, and take action to create the change that we know our audience is capable of doing. We don't want it to feel like an after-school special, and I don't know if that translates to your audience, but in the United States, that's a way of saying we don't want it to feel cheesy. But I think that there are ways for us to slip the vegetables into the meal and actually educate and engage our audience on important social issues via comedy, which is a, which is a great entry point to talk about the hard things. Often, CSR has been very internal-facing, you know, more focused on either philanthropy, you know, cutting checks to good causes, which is important and necessary, or uh, organizing uh, via employee engagement, you know, volunteerism or mentorship programs, also important work. But what I think is different about social impact is that this isn't just about cutting checks or leading internal staff-facing efforts, but about doing what we do in an audience-facing way to create change. So i that's the part of the work that I'm most excited about. But what change to focus on? That's where the audience comes in. We started by learning about our audience. You know, because this was the first time that this brand was going to put a flag out and say we want to help on a social issue, and given there are so many social issues, we started by talking to our viewers. So in the same way that we survey our audience to understand if they like the shows that we're putting up, if we should green light this show or that one, we came to them with a, a different proposal, which is, you know, a survey of questions about what they care about. We needed to understand a baseline of where they are. And so that was that was a really illuminating and helpful part of the work. Erica gave the same survey to the channel's employees. I wanted to make sure that the creatives who work for this company are excited about what we take on, because uh, I want to get the best work out of them. I want to get the best, the funniest writing and the sharpest graphics and the, you know, most uh, top of the line editing and so picking an issue that the employees are also excited to take on I think in combination with knowing what our audience cares about or is open to hearing about that combination is what led us to mental health. They had the issue mental health now to apply the creative skills at Comedy Central's disposal to push the conversation around mental health in the United States forward. So we're excited about using comedy to do that, uh, which I think is a natural fit given that people understand comedy as a humanizing force and comedy as, uh, you know, an entry point to talk about the hard things, um, which it has always been. But now, you know, we're going to direct it in such a way that we hope helps create a positive shift in how we think and act around mental illness and substance use. This new effort won't be a one-off segment on Trevor Noah's show that might take the internet by storm for a day or two. Instead, it'll be a campaign, like one Erica would have run when she was outside Comedy Central, but with the force of the creative company and brand behind her. So defining our goal as mental health culture change and then 
coming up with plans to create content, whether that is, you know, a digital series or PSAs or integrating the right messaging into our existing scripted shows, creating a new podcast, frankly, you know, down the line, creating a new series that really does take the issues of mental health into the the fore. That's what a campaign is. It's not one hit here and there and across different issues. A campaign is defining where you want to go and developing the work that will help to lead you there in a long-term committed way. Erica and Chris come from really different backgrounds, but there's something they both emphasize, story. A good story is pivotal when you're creating a campaign that has impact. They both believe in creativity as a powerful and persuasive force for social change. As someone who worked in a nonprofit issue organization, I, and this is now a number of years ago, was really grateful to have creatives raise their hands and bring their know how into our work. We're really keen to actually use our filmmaking and communication expertise, if you like to constantly be telling the story of what we're doing. Keeping the storytelling fresh, and I know that, like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, an expert in the environmental field, but, like, my first interactions with the UN, the United Nations Environment Program, WWF, or the, the GEF, lots of big organisations that I've come into contact with, with recently have all, their eyes have lit up when they hear the idea of telling these stories because yeah. none of them feel like they've ever done it right, mm. um, which, which kind of blew me away. I would have thought that they, they'd have people falling over themselves to help them tell those stories. But, but no, I think that'll be a big difference to what we do. How we speak about political change, it can feel like it happens in a bubble, but it's so entangled with our culture and our creative output. And I think that those elements, uh, you know, the cultural leaders who talk about important issues and the change that is needed, it reaches far more people than research and policy wonky reports that still have to happen, but they need to be translated into artistic ways through the popular media, through through art, through better graphic design that will reach and attract more people into their political points of view and the and the actions that they take to create change across issues. And so I I fundamentally believe that culture goes first, that uh, the culture change will then drive uh, the political change uh, that will eventually lead to policy changes across the board. Culture is a really important tool in getting that work started. For creatives in all industries, with a range of backgrounds, the time is ripe to apply skills like problem solving, storytelling and performance to all sorts of social issues. And I think in these times, creatives, you know, there's still more muscle to be flexed in the spaces of creating change. And certainly creatives have, have always played a role in, in art, in music, in television, as we've just discussed. But, you know, there's more to do. And, and I think in this time of, you know, fragmented media, you know, people are choosing what they want to watch and listen to and read. It's, it's creating more silos. So I think it's you know a unique time to figure out how to insert what you know how to do into the work that we create uh, and lead to more positive change. But, you know, there's 
constantly new mediums where people are being reached. And I'm certain that, you know, the creatives, tech leaders, first adopters are going to know what the right new forums are faster than the academic slash policy slash interest group side of of the work. And so whatever we can do to combine the forces of who's got their finger on the pulse on what the new mediums for reaching people are and leveraging them with the know-how of people who understand what policies can actually help to create change on XYZ issue. I think that that's a really exciting space and one that has evolved significantly and will continue to evolve. Next time on Lumina, the value of a good idea. The IP for it just kind of fell into my hands. Like there were a couple of emails that suggested I would own it, but nothing was really sorted. Intellectual property, when to protect your IP and when to give a little. If you're just an emerging creator, find a great partner. Give up some of your IP and have them help you by leveraging their experience and their reputation. And next time around, guess what? You'll have your own reputation to leverage. You've been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, Australia's national screen and broadcast school, dedicated to finding, developing and supporting Australian storytelling talent. Lumina is produced for Afters by Audiocraft with Selena Shannon and Jess O'Callaghan. Production help from Bernadette Nguyen and sound engineer is Tiffany DeMack. Executive producer is Kate Montague and I'm Fenella Kernerbone. If you'd like to hear more of these episodes, then you know what to do. Subscribe using your favourite podcast app and tell people about it. You have been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters. Mm.